1: As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and if you listened to yesterday's episode, you know that we are back with part two of our NFL draft conversation with NFL draft analyst Nick Kendall. Yesterday, we talked about Dame Belton, Tyler Goodson, and Tyler Linderbaum. On today's episode of the show, we talked about Zach Valkenberg, Matt Hankins, Jack Kerner, those guys. What do they have to offer to NFL teams? What are their weaknesses and what are their strengths, and where could they be drafted at? That's all coming up on today's show. Before we get to that, though, I want to thank you all for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. With that being said, let's hop right into our conversation with Nick Kendall right now. A hundred percent agree. Um Moving on to the next probably most draftable guy, I believe, uh, Matt Hankins. Uh, Matt Hankins mm-hmm. has had a very interesting Iowa career, uh, starting for the better part of five years, losing his job occasionally, um, but coming back his, his fifth and final season due to the COVID year of eligibility. Uh, started off pretty well. Him and Riley Moss formed a very good duo. Yeah. Riley Moss gets hurt. Matt Hankins in, takes over, gets screwed, Had to play Purdue, and it looked like iowa tried to do some different things they tried going man coverage with matt hankins on david bell saying you know what? we're gonna put one of our top guys there uh matt hankins didn't look good but it also looked like he may have hurt his shoulder and then i think destroys his hamstring late in the season doesn't dress for the illinois game uh honestly just very it it just made sense like that is just the if you could sum up matt hankins career in a season it was that right i mean just yeah. so up and down injury based um it seems like he might be flying under the radar but he's also we don't we haven't heard anything on his testing i mean where do you see matt hankins in this process Where where is he going to be drafted at
0: i think he's going to go around four or round five i think he's lacking the elite traits that you want at the cornerback position a lot of i mean that's a position where typically the best ones go in the first round because they their ability in the next level is tangible based on a lot of the athletic measurables they have. And unfortunately for Hankins, this is a big plus for Phil Parker and the Iowa defense, but Hankins with Iowa dropping guys into pretty static zone coverage. A lot of times, uh, doesn't have a lot of versatility as far as what he's asked to do coverage wise. That's one of the reasons that Michael Ojemudia really made a lot of money going to the senior bowl. Cause a lot of it's he off did so well in man coverage. Yes. Yeah. But you don't have that at Iowa on tape. So that's just, it's a missing puzzle. Doesn't mean he can't do it, but that means you have to project him some. And because he wasn't a combine invite, didn't get to do the field. drills there. You're, you're lying on the pro day and the tape in general, but I think he has enough there that I would love to bring it. If I needed a, developmental cornerback day three of the draft that I think has some inside outside versatility and is a good tackler, which to me projects well to special teams. That's, that's the, that's the money you want. Uh, that's the kind of guy you want there in that range. Still, I would not bank on him to be a starting cornerback in the NFL, but I think there's some developmental upside there. I think I, I, I have liked Hankins for a while. I love the mentality. Again, it's cornerbacks who can tackle—you have to have that in today's NFL. There's no plus ones anymore when it comes to that. So Hankins, I'd be, I'd be thrilled. Like if Denver wants to bring in somebody to push behind uh, Frank Darby, who's always injured there. Excuse me, Ronald Darby, who's always yeah. injured there. The uh, special teams upside—that's that's a good range for him. So I think he's being slept on a good bit.
1: Yeah, I love that. And, uh, you talk about the tackling. The The play that sticks out in my mind is against, I think it was Penn State. They throw a swinger out, and he just absolutely annihilates the running back, uh, forces an incomplete pass. Matt Hankins, uh, pretty solid. I, I, I was shocked he didn't go to the combine. Yeah, um, I didn't see anything from testing at the pro day. Did you hear? Did you see any testing numbers? I didn't see here. It, it was I tough see. to get any testing
0: numbers out of the yep. Iowa's pro day. I didn't see any testing numbers. I was looking for a bunch of it as well because there's a guy that – we haven't talked about yet that i'm interested in talking about a bit but um hankins is one that i think he he, he will get drafted he's not going to be an undrafted player he's going to get a chance in the league and i think he's got a chance to get better in the league my big question is he's been in the what is he was he a redshirt senior this last year for iowa and he's still only 175 pounds does he have the frame to put on more weight and is that something that's going to be a durability question for him consistently because guys big 10 football is big boy football but we're talking like men at the next level it's going to be different and if you're six foot six foot one 175 you are gonna you're gonna have some issues
1: and especially especially him too because you look at iowa and they are known for being able to develop these kids or these young adults and the fact that he couldn't put on weight despite that you Mm -hmm. get a little concerned um is the next guy you want to talk about jack kerner or zach and valkenberg neither kyler shot kyler shot all right, we can go to Kyler Schott. What are your thoughts on Kyler Schott? We talked a little bit uh, in the Twitter DMs, and you had mentioned you liked the idea of him maybe moving to center, but yes. um, what are your thoughts on Kyler Schott? What an, uh, let's just start off, what an amazing – you just love those journeys where he's a farm boy, walks onto the Hawks, becomes a starter, uh, this year <laughs> injuring himself, getting off a, a, a bailing hay. I mean, just such an Iowa kid through and through. you gotta
0: love, got to love the story. Um, but what are your thoughts on Kyler Schott? I mean, everybody loves the guy as well. Talking about him being a beloved player in the locker room, a good personality guy. And while his size does not really lend itself to be a guard at the next level, I really would have loved to have seen him at center, but Hey, I already had the best zone blocking center in all of football. So what are you going to do? Not play him? No, you're going to play Kyler shot and you'll put him at left garden. The injuries were a concern, but I am really curious with the intelligence, the work ethic, the movement skills that I see on tape. If he would translate to the center position and maybe be an undrafted free agent or seventh round kind of guy, you take a flyer on and maybe have him as a practice squad player. Year one Change his body work on the, the nuance of calling protections and the snapping and whatnot. But I think that's actually a, a fit for him at the next level. That would intrigue me a lot. Uh, coaches would know better than I would of how, how everything works there. Not every single guy can snap the ball and kind of, you know, not have your eyes in line of scrimmage and then react. But I think that's one that uh, it interests me. And it's mainly because it was who it was in front of him. Cause the body type for shot looks like a center moves like a center. Uh, so that's one that I think maybe there's a little bit of value that you can squeeze out of there that not every single team uh, would be thinking about as, as close as we are to following this program.
1: Man, do I love March Madness, and I love putting together my brackets, but I honestly don't know if I've ever actually went deep and I definitely have never won any money on my March Madness brackets. This year, though, thankfully, I've been hedging my bets with Stat StatHero's NCAA Pick'em Contest, and you can as well. Stat heros NCAA single-game Pick'em pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage and start focusing on the players you know best with the gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the missing about who or what you're going up against you can basically just pick their players they post a set of players you take them on with a set of players you choose it's that easy so if that sounds like something interesting to you or your brackets busted and you are trying to get in on the action sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100 deposit match that's stathero.com slash locked on use promo code locked on for a 100 match that's stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions do apply. And it is a tough time of year, right? You're three months past the new year. You might be still trying to get those New Year's resolutions in. We're also a couple months in or closer to summer, right? We are at the end of March, April, May, and then June. Summer is right around the corner. And if you're looking to get healthy, eat healthy, or get in shape for the summer months, the best way to do that is by grabbing yourself a built bar. Built Bar allows you to eat something delicious while also eating something absolutely nutritious. These Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're between 130 and 150 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 net carbs, plus 17 grams of protein. So if your goal is to continue your New Year's resolution from the beginning of January, or if your goal is just to eat eat a little bit healthier before summer months, grab yourself a Built Bar today. And you can do that by going to built.com, that's B-U-I-L-T.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And again, thank you all for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, when you have Tyler Linderbaum at center, you're not going to get a lot of snaps there, right? So you're going to yeah. stick to that guard spot. Um I want to actually jump over. You mentioned the fact that maybe a UDFA, maybe a guy kind of developmental guy um, in the right system. Um, did you expect Matt Nelson to actually be a quality tackle? Like a, 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 a even a backup tackle in the NFL. I mean, what a ridiculous transition to make um, when you go to the NFL. Uh, any thoughts on Matt, Matt Nelson before we go on to the next player.
0: God bless him, man. Switching the sides <laughs> of the ball. That's amazing. Uh, making, a, making money out of it. That's, surprising considering you Iowa typically would flip those guys over beforehand, but that's yeah. not the only, uh, switching Parker, Hesse. Sides of the ball. Parker Hesse too. Yeah. Doing the yeah. same thing. So, but actually it, playing well at tight end. I it like yep. it's so confusing draft, good, smart athletes that are hard workers and find a good, good spot for them. And guess what? If they're that smart and that good and versatile, you can flip the spot sides of the ball and figure out other uses, usages for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, love it. Well, it's fun to see that. It's fun to have those stories. It's also fun when you talk about Iowa's tight end you, and you have a defensive end playing tight end from Iowa in the NFL. Um, let's move on to another – I mean, the next two guys are incredibly smart, hardworking guys as well. Um, Zach Van Balkenberg, a D2 transfer, uh, came back for his sixth year of eligibility at this point with the COVID year. Um, he's a guy who didn't – I think I saw uh, actually his testing from the Pro Day. i try to pull it up. Not like the – not the best – athlete by any means, uh, but kind of reminds me of maybe a little bit above average Jack Heflin, who actually landed with the Packers, which shocked the heck out of me. Um, What are your thoughts on Zach and Valkenberg? Uh, Do you see him sticking with a team at the next level, kind of as a backup reserve defensive end?
0: He's got a chance. Uh, The biggest thing that he has going against him is that he is older. I think he's going to be 24, 23, 24 years old um, for a position like the edge rusher, where once you hit 30, you know, guys, typically fall off pretty drastically around that age, unless they're, you're talking about the freaks of the freaks. So you're not going to get as much value towards the end of his, uh, his contract or even a second contract with him, but he rushed the passer pretty well this last year um, pulling up his, but he was the number one rated player. According to pro football focus, 37 pressure on the defense, 37 yep. pressures, 22 hurries. Uh, that's, that's pretty valuable. It's just the age that he was at the, and, talking about the testing earlier, I wish we had the testing numbers for somebody like Zach van Valkenberg, because there is no position where athletic testing, whether it be the 40, 10 yard split, the vertical broad translates as one for one as the edge rushing spot. It's probably a a big reason why teams are, that's a position that it doesn't bust as much too. It's because something tangible actually translates to the field. Unlike if you look at the off ball linebackers in the first round of the last five to 10 years, it's a graveyard of busts because what they're asked to do value value wise is more instincts and processing, and then it gets to the athleticism and the size before that. But for pass rushers, don't have to think so much. Athleticism, size, power, length, it all translates. So, wish we had the data for that one just to kind of put him, rank him against the the peers, but the age probably puts him down six, seven round, maybe undrafted. Okay. Um, is there any sort of scheme that he would make sense in more than others? Hmm. I think he's versatile enough that you can do either scheme. I do think that while he is what about 265, I never thought he was a super great power player with setting the edge. So I'd be more interested in a scheme where he can do a little bit of stand-up stuff, uh, run around as well, maybe some twists and, stowner, uh, twists and counters. But everyone in the NFL right now is essentially playing some variation of 4 5 base, um, 3-4, 4-3. The run fits matter and what they do with the safeties matter. But I'm more interested in, honestly, the, what the coverage preferences are in the back end versus the defensive f- fit on the front especially the edge rusher um, pin your ears back and get back for the defensive tackle. It matters more, you know, two gap one and a half gap, yeah. but for edge, not as worried. I think he's got enough versatility there. Makes sense. Um, That was
1: honestly a filler question while I tried, I found the uh, data for Zach and Valkenberg. So I was trying to pull it okay. up so I can make sure we talked about it. Uh, checked in at 263 pounds, a 31 and a half inch vertical, a nine and a half foot broad jump, 4.8840, a four, three, four short shuttle, 22 on the bench and a 707
0: three cone. Yeah, those are okay. They're fine. Um, not terrible. There's always a little bit of home cooking with the, uh, the pro yeah. day numbers as well. Um, so, and then when it's released, it's a lot of times from the teams, not from the scouts. So that they don't always uh, measure the exact same. I will say though, this year, um, I don't know if you heard this, the Indianapolis Colts put in a new turf in 2020. And this was the first year there was a combine on this new turf and everybody was running faster that than that makes so much sense ever before. Yep. So there are teams actually in the league that are adding like a full 10th of a second onto everybody's 40 time, uh, normalize normalize it. it. Yep. For dating years back. So the verticals and the broads are still, you know, the turf doesn't change that, but the forties are not as historically accurate when you're looking at it. It's not, this wasn't just, you know, the fastest class of all time, whatever it's, it's because of the turf is, was a little bit, uh, a little faster for these guys as well.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Um, and you, it's worth noting that these numbers were released, by their agencies so yeah. possibly even slightly more home-cooked um let's move over to jack kerner who i also have his numbers up i'm gonna run those through for you real quick uh six foot i always get so confused in the height whatever six foot 209 pounds i don't know how to read this whatever uh vertical 38 inches a 10-2 broad jump a four five one forty. a 408 short shuttle 20 on the bench and a 6913 cone initial reactions to those numbers
0: uh, the numbers are fine. Again, there's nothing there that really stands out as wow, but also nothing there makes me have to go back to the tape as far as, like, if you ran a 4-4 or a sub-4-4, I'm like, okay, wait a second. I'm missing something here. Uh, so that's, that's fine. I do like that he measured in. What did you say the weight was again? Sorry, after you put your-, uh, your 209 pounds. 209, that's good. Um, if he was going to be, you know, 210 or 199, then we'd have some concerns about him. His path to the field is special teams, and so that's going to have to be a lot of intelligence, a lot of- physicality and sacrificing your body some. But kind of it is there's a reason that I was talking about Jake Gervais earlier. I think that's probably the pathway for him making it in the league. Probably back into the roster guy. Pro- definitely, I would say very likely an undrafted free agent as well, especially in this safety class this year. It's pretty good, but he's gonna have a chance to make it in the league for a while. And it'll be fun to follow, see what he does in football because he does seem like a very high football character guy all around. Yep. And if he doesn't stick in the league for long. He's going to do something in football. I'd be shocked if that was not the case.
1: Hey, y'all, I want to quickly pause the conversation to remind you that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. I have personally went to rockauto.com. It saved me a lot of time saved me a lot of money using their awesome and easy to use website, and I had two engineer filters delivered directly to my door. It took me less than five minutes and saved me $50. It was a truly phenomenal experience and I am a rockauto.com customer for life. So if you have some car part needs, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, uh, it's interesting you mentioned, Jake. Iowa has this weird pensions for finding uh, walk-ons out of the state of Iowa who all of a sudden win a job as a sophomore that no one saw. And uh, that was Jake. It's now Jack. Uh, Quinn Schulte is possibly up next, uh, another walk-on as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The Jake thing, Do you, would you, comparing Jake and Jack together, which would you rather have? out of coming out of iowa
0: probably jake um but this is a little bit of uh we know that he's did good enough to stick in the league for a bit so that's, that's um that's a little bit more data and a little bit more of a sure thing compared so i'll probably go with the the surety there i'm probably not i mean can can i argue between hooker and belton maybe instead or something? <laughs> a little bit more fun on that one but um no yeah they'll they'll be fun to follow their careers
1: all right, all right. Um, and then Ivory Kelly Martin is the last guy up here that yep. I want to talk about. Um, does he even have a shot? Like, I mean, uh, I, I just, I, his testing wasn't that great. I think he ran a 4. five or four five four forty 4.40 um, for a guy who was known to be the speed guy at Iowa. I know he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, does he have a shot at all? I mean, other than being maybe a camp body, maybe being a tryout guy, seeing if he can even land on the 90, 90 roster. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Can't body for sure, but he's going to have to be special teams purely. I mean, that's what Iowa liked him a lot for. there. apparently a good leader as well. And if you want somebody like that in your camp or one of your inactives, uh, pr- uh practice squad kind of guys, that makes some sense. But his path is special teams, uh, without a doubt as a gunner or blocking for somebody else as well. And that's, that's fine for a third running back in general. I do think that probably doesn't stick around with the athletic testing. You mentioned the tape isn't all that incredible, but it's, but also the way he put the ball on the ground is a non-negotiable for a lot of teams. So, um, that's still special teams character. You have a chance to make it in the league and make some money in the league. If you are good at those things.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic gunner, did a great job opposite of, uh, Terry Roberts. So, um, I got the numbers up 510, 200 pounds, 45240, a 399 short shuttle, uh, 663 three cone, and 33 and a half inch vertical, a nine foot three inch broad jump. So, not overly explosive, which you would like to see from a guy who is supposed yeah. to be explosive. So, um, fun. Well, that is, I believe that's every Iowa football player that is draftable in this draft. Um, I want to, I always wrap it up uh, with the end of the show with you every year, we've done this. Um, any guys you're excited about next year? I think last year you actually called out Jack Campbell. He decides to return, um, any guys you want to call out as someone you're excited about for next year's draft.
0: Oh man. Next year's draft for the Iowa guys I mean, everybody knows those guys who came back are probably day two kind of picks type caliber of athletes. Jake, uh, Jack Campbell is definitely one. Sam Laporte is another one. Um, you mess you messed uh, you mentioned, uh, Jacobs, the linebacker there, he's definitely one that he's going to have to work in his box uh, ability as well. I'm curious to see how that works with Seth Benson. Ideally, you'd see Jacobs kind of start over Benson with the upside, the lengthy athleticism there, but processing and taking on blocks and filling the gaps comes first uh, before all that other stuff for for the linebacker. So that's one that's interesting to me, see how he does. I'm probably most excited, This and this is just my roots here, but the defensive line, Uh, you have two young guys, red, I think redshirt sophomores in uh yaha black i think that's how you pronounce the y- first why 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 black yep i've yep. read it a hundred times but i haven't yeah. heard it Believe so. me, i've heard
1: people they, a lot of people get in my dms when i screw up names so that's why <laughs>
0: well it's good, it's good for them because they should yeah. um i have way <laughs> too many names that i'm going over anyways and also i pulled up okay now you gave me trivia the last center to go in the top 10 what year 1982 1968
1: Oh man, I was going to go seventies, but wow, that is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So again, it's not a value. It hasn't been a value position in a long time. And it's because the body types are not as rare. Um, There's yeah. a very specific type of body that you need for tackle for edge, et cetera, et cetera. Center. If you're good and smart, you can plug you in there. We'll work it out. So just not, not a value position by the league. And if you get drafted in the first round in general, that is, that's a rare list in itself for the center. So shout out Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, the other one here that Hawkeye fans should be excited about for, 2022 we saw him last year i'm really curious to see what his role is going to be but i love van ness uh man that dude just works offensive lineman interior offensive lineman i think there's some inside outside a little ability with him uh so i'm i'm really excited to see what he can do these next few years as well especially both those guys black and van ness getting another year in the strength and conditioning program and playing some big 10 football
1: And it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of youth on this defensive line. For the first time in several years, we are not replacing three or four defensive linemen. It'll be fun to see the continuity of those guys um, and being able to grow. Uh, I just want to quickly mention Riley Moss is a guy who, as long as he can stay healthy, um, it is going to be a lot of fun to see what happens. I think we could see Jamari Harris or Terry Roberts have a big year um, opposite of Riley Moss, just because people are going to be trying to avoid... Uh, the big 10 defensive back of the year, and probably who could have won um, national defensive back of the year as well. Had he stayed healthy for the entire season, we saw how that defense struggled a little bit without Riley Moss. Um, Nick, as always, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Any last words you want to talk about for Iowa or uh, draft talk?
0: Uh, you guys can catch me over uh, at mile high huddle. I do live streams for, and podcast for the network. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday morning at 7 30 mountain time, as well as Tuesday at 6 p.m. mountain time and Saturday at six p.m. mountain time. So six shows a week, each of them an hour long, sometimes an hour and a half long, depending on how the uh the chat's going there. So a lot of draft talk, mostly mostly Bronco centric, but you know, have a lot of fun as well. It's whatever the chat wants to talk about. We'll have a good time. And uh, you can catch me on Twitter making memes and jokes and being in a much happier place now that I don't have to act like I don't believe an ounce in ounce and drew lock. Now that the Broncos actually have a quarterback, it's not a fun place. Uh, Broncos. I mean, Hawkeye fans should know too. Uh, when you don't have a quarterback, you believe in it can be a little bit rough. It's even worse in the NFL because if you don't have the guy, that's there's no, that's correlation for sure. You can, you can kind of work your way through not having a great quarterback at the college level. It still helps a lot, but uh, not as much as at the NFL level. So definitely join yeah. myself more there. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH.
1: I love man. Uh, I will say before we hop off the Broncos last year. I, like I said, I I had to disengage. Part of it was I couldn't engage as much, but also yeah. I also just personally disengaged because I just couldn't take another year of watching this team be just slightly below average in a lot of games, not actually good enough to win the games, or not you know well coached enough to win these games. Poor quarterback play. I will tell you, man, it was one of the most refreshing NFL seasons I've had in a long time watching the Broncos lose did not crush me for like six days. It honestly, like I think it was good for my health. I think I might've gained a year or two on my life or I guess not lost or a year or two, I should say um, this year though, it is fully back on. I am way too excited for Russell Wilson. Uh, my wife's going to kill me on Saturdays and Sundays when, when I won Denver lose. It's just like, d-day in my house uh just just bad bad vibes all around man um nick as always it's been a pleasure having you on uh this will be the last time we're uh, we're on the show together here but as you said you can find nick at nick kendall MHH. Uh, you can find me at wade underscore andrew appreciate you all tuning in to another episode of the locked on hawkeyes podcast have a fantastic day and as always hawkeye nation let's go hawks